Welcome in. Welcome in. If you have not seen this movie, that would be very unpatriotic of you. <laughs> you gotta watch this movie. You don't have to watch the movie in order to watch this review, but it would be recommended by me. So anyways, let's review Platoon. Spoilers out! Directed by Oliver Stone, who spent two years in Vietnam from 1967 to 1968. That's two years, guys. And he actually has made a number of movies in relation to the Vietnam War. I think two years in Vietnam is like the equivalent of ten years in any of our recent wars. That's my very outside perspective on it. His time in the war shaped a lot of his movies that don't even have to do with, with the Vietnam War. This movie stars Charlie Sheen as Chris, our protagonist. Tom Berenger as Sergeant Barnes, the antagonist of the movie. Vietnam movies often portray the leaders as being really bad guys. In most of them, except for We Were Soldiers. Willem Dafoe as Sergeant Elias. Keith David as King. Forrest Whitaker as Big Harold. Kevin Dillon as Bunny. John C. McGinley as Sergeant O'Neill. Johnny Depp as Lerner. Tony Todd as Warren. You got all those? Because I'm sure you know all of those people. And care. Okay, just cut the crap out of my... We open on a movie quote from the Bible that says, Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, as it fades into a military base with trucks and planes moving all around. Even military men are walking in and out of the frame. It's busy right off the bat. We're introduced to our protagonist, who is our eyes and our perspective throughout the entire movie. He watches them pull in dead military men in body bags off of these trailers and... It's not a pretty sight. The date is September of 1967, Bravo Company, 25th Infantry, somewhere near the Cambodian border. Oliver Stone implements us into the environment and is even militaristic in how he gives us the information. Most of the actors had to attend a two-week boot camp, except for Charlie Sheen, because the director wanted to establish resentment in the rest of the cast towards Chris towards Charlie, who plays Chris. He wanted there to be tension and resentment on the screen for us to see because it plays into the movie too. Chris is not like the rest of his platoon. Title drop. Chris is being eaten alive by ants. He's dehydrated and can hardly walk. Sergeant Elias takes compassion on Chris and chooses to haul his equipment for him, whereas nobody else in the crew would do that. They seem to be looking out for their own hide and nobody else's. They even make Chris, the new guy, dig the trenches for all of them to sleep in. There's an obvious and unwritten chain of command in this group. Turns out Sergeant Barnes has appointed himself leader of the group because the lieutenant is not a leader at all. The company splits off into two groups, each with their own missions to accomplish and locations to reach. Dutch breath. The group that Chris is with needs their sleep, so they do so, but they always have one person keeping guard, and they do it in shifts. One guy takes his turn, and then he passes the claymores off to Chris. He does his shift. Then the guy that Chris passes it on to, he falls asleep on his shift, allowing for the Viet Cong to approach them because they're all sleeping. Luckily, Chris wakes up right as the enemy is approaching and then all hell breaks loose. The American soldiers jump up, start firing back. Now it's a sudden battle. The guy who fell asleep is like, Chris fell asleep on his shift, guys. And one of the soldiers is wounded and screaming and Sergeant Barnes covers his mouth and he's like, take the pain. Hear that? because they cannot risk alerting other enemy in the in the area. 
Chris was also grazed in the neck by a bullet. He gets stitched up, and, and because he fell asleep, or the sergeant thinks he did, he's on latrine duty with a couple other dudes. Since the latrine doesn't have any sewage, men inside the infantry have to take care of the human waste themselves. During this scene is where we learn that Chris volunteered for the military. And the other guys are like, you did what? You volunteered to be here? Because pretty much all the other guys got drafted. They have no choice. They have to be there. They, that This can only add to the resentment that they have towards Chris. One thing I know the military is good at is partying. Especially in Vietnam. The legal age to drink is 18, not 21. And they are very liberal with what they let their servicemen do in the off hours because they're serving. Partying and letting loose is almost a necessity for them. After all the violence and grit that they're experiencing day to day, it also bonds them because they're all drinking, singing, and dancing with each other. So it, it creates this brotherly bond that cannot be broken. That's also necessary to them, for them, to know that they have each other's back so that it won't be such a looking out for your own hide type of thing. During the day, as the men are traveling by foot again, they come across a campsite. It's just been abandoned. Even the hot water on the pot is still kind of boiling, so the campsite is fresh. Sergeant Elias even finds one of them that's been left behind, and some of the other men find a booby trap that explodes in their face. I never paid attention to this small moment between Sergeant Barnes and Chris. Right after the two men explode, Sergeant Barnes is kneeling down with a cigarette and a slightly worried face on his face. Chris sees him and the two share a brief eye contact for a little bit. And then Chris just kind of backs up and walks away. And Sergeant Barnes changes his face from slightly worried to stoic and cold again. He let the mask slip just a little bit and revealed to Chris that he is actually human when he's been trying to portray this emotionless killing machine leader of a person to them. Really interesting moment about a third of the way into the movie. The group keeps moving on and they find one of their men has been killed and hung to a tree with a note attached to it by the enemy, obviously. Wouldn't have been, well, this pisses them off. So much so that later that day, American soldiers come across a Vietnamese village full of civilians and they decide to destroy it. Not only that, but they terrorize the villagers, even to the point that Charlie Sheen hated filming this scene. He had a horrible time fil filming the village scene, and I'm sure a lot of them did because of what they were portraying. Especially when he's making the autistic boy dance and he's like shooting at his feet to make him dance and stuff. It's a horrible scene. It's a rough scene to watch. Actually, the autistic boy had a cataract that he couldn't pay for. He couldn't pay for the surgery. This is real life. And Kevin Dillon and I think Charlie Sheen, they pooled their money together to buy this surgery for this kid that he needed because he couldn't buy it. I love that. That probably made them feel better about filming this scene. <laughs> you know, but before Sergeant Barnes can do any more damage to the village, Sergeant Elias shows up and starts brawling with Barnes. He had no clue that Sergeant Barnes was going to do this to the village and commit these war crimes with zero morals. Elias at least has morals, and we can see this, sorry, he can see th that this is blatantly wrong and way overboard. The punishment to this village does not fit the crime of them having killed one American soldier. Chris even stops the American soldiers from R-wording a, a little girl because he is adopting now this morality that Elias has. Following Sergeant Barnes' lead is not gonna cut it. It's making him do things and feel a certain way that makes him feel gross inside. Chris even sobs after he shoots the, you know, at the boy's feet. 
I can feel and hear Oliver Stone's heart in this scene. When Chris is screaming, you animals, at his whole platoon. To me, that's Oliver Stone vicariously saying those words to maybe some of the men that he was in the military with through Chris's character. This is also why we see Chris and Elias talking later that night. There's much more of a natural connection. They have a similar heart. Chris sees himself in Elias, and I think Elias sees that too. The next day, the men experience another ambush, and several of the men get hit and even die. Johnny Depp's character being one of them. Forrest Whitaker's character triggers a booby trap and has his legs blown off. And it was the lieutenant, the lieutenant that called in the fire strike during the ambush, but the missiles were dropped on their own guys, which I'm sure is a real thing in war. You give the air pilots slightly wrong coordinates in a fight, and you get a bunch of your own men killed. That's why Sergeant Barnes has been assuming the role of leader this entire time. He even screams at the lieutenant, and, and the lieutenant's just frozen in shock because of what he's done. He is not a leader. I think that speaks to leadership in the military and what that must be like, or even corporations. Like, the, the dude above the dude should, should be below the dude. I feel Oliver Stone's frustration in, in him portraying it like that. Articulation is easy sometimes. This gives the enemy a little bit of insight that, oh, these guys are idiots. Let's go in closer. And it causes our troops to retreat, and it causes them to kind of get lost, which is where Sergeant Barnes runs into Sergeant Elias. And the two just look at each other. There's nobody else around. And Elias gives him a friendly smile, like... And Sergeant Barnes looks at him, and then puts his head back down to the site, and he shoots Elias three times in the chest. Chris sees Barnes right after that, and Barnes is like, yeah, Elias is dead, we gotta go to the chopper. And Chris just has to believe him. This is where we get that iconic sequence of Sergeant Elias running to the helicopter as he's being chased by the enemy, and there's that slow motion shot of him getting shot by a number of machine guns. It's also a sequence that has been parodied and referenced I don't know how many times in other movies and shows. Since they all saw this, Chris now knows that Sergeant Barnes either had something to do with this, or he didn't check closely enough to see if Elias was really alive. Either way, that's bad. He's on to Barnes with how corrupt he really is. He even tries convincing the rest of the platoon, but none of them believe him, or they're okay with how corrupt Barnes is. They don't really care. Barnes hears them talking and dares them to go at him, against him. He's been shot seven times, hasn't died, and he thinks he's indestructible. Chris even attacks him and quickly loses that fight, just fueling Barnes' ego. Now, it's the climax of the movie. The American troops are waiting for an ambush, but they've prepared for it this time. It's more of a setup for the enemy, but what they haven't prepared for is the number of Viet Cong that are ambushing them. It's like 300 to 25. It's not going to end well for their troops, which is why, again, they retreat. Only this time, Chris makes damn sure that Barnes does not retreat with them, does not get on that helicopter. He knows that Barnes deserved to stay here and die just like the rest of the men that he killed. All of the men without morals, they all die in this movie, or cowards in the movie. Chris is one of the few men to make it back on the helicopter, and when he does, he breaks down crying. Everything he's experienced in a few short weeks comes pouring out of him in emotion, and that's where the movie ends. Like I said, Oliver Stone made like an unofficial Vietnam War trilogy where he tackled the war from multiple different angles. 
One of the movies is based in Vietnam from their point of view. I think Tommy Lee Jones is in that one. I haven't seen it. And then he made Born on the Fourth of July. I haven't seen that one either, but it's with Tom Cruise, where the subject matter actually deals with Vietnam veterans who come home and their treatment from the Americans, kind of like Rambo. Rambo did that too. But this is one of the first rated R movies that my parents actually allowed me to watch, because the only way that I could watch a rated R movie if, is if it was dealing with war. Because the cuss words in a movie like this are just kind of a given, you know, there's no way I could watch Goodfellas, but Platoon I could watch, which makes sense. It's like a, a whole thing. <laughs> but yeah, okay, so I think that's it. That's my review of Platoon. How do you like it? Do you like it? I love, I love Vietnam War movies, which might sound insensitive to anybody that lived it. I don't mean to be, but I just can't believe that people actually did that and that our country put ourselves into that situation when, honestly, the whole Vietnam War could have been avoided by a phone call. Yeah. And it's one of the most tragic wars for our country that we've ever experienced. What's that one movie that I'm thinking of? American... <laughs> We Were Soldiers, Full Metal Jacket, I'm counting backwards, and the third one. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola, Apocalypse Freaking Now. Redux. What are some other Vietnam War movies? The Thin Red Line, is that a Vietnam War movie? I haven't seen that either. But the ones that I just listed on my fingers love those movies. We Were Soldiers, yeah. Honestly, the documentary Heart of Darkness on the making of Apocalypse Now is more interesting to me than the movie. Because anything and everything went wrong on that set, and the movie turns out incredibly. For some reason, the Vietnam War has always had my attention, and I'm so sympathetic. I haven't met very many Vietnam War veterans, but when I do, I have all compassion for them. To have experienced something so inhumane, and still try and be a member of society, I can't even imagine how difficult that must be. So that's my review of Platoon. Thank you guys so much for watching. I will catch you next week. Peace. Oh, like and subscribe.